Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Kathy J. Greenwood has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Kathy. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, April 8th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And from a slightly overcast sky in the L.A. County, I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Uh, very excited today to have Vlad Savov, senior editor from The Verge, on the show. Uh, Vlad, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, you are in the midst of testing a bunch of podcasting equipment, and uh, we were happy to provide a little, a little test bed for you today. Yes, this is all for me. Thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I started the show five years ago knowing that this day would come for you. So. <laughs> uh, that was fantastic. Uh, we're also going to talk to Vlad about his uh, review last week about the Huawei P30 and a little bit about uh, if we're missing out a lot, uh, especially here in the United States and Canada, where we're not going to get it except through the gray market. But let's start with a few tech things you should know. In an updated S1 filing, Pinterest said its IPO price between $15 and $17 per share. It will offer 75 million shares, raising $1.125 to $1.275 billion and valuing the company between $10 and $11 billion overall. Pinterest was last valued at $12.3 billion in T. 2017 private funding round. Android police reports 14 HTC apps have been unpublished in the last three months. Some coming and going like the HTC mail app, which disappeared, came back and appears to be gone again. No word from HTC on why. The European Data Protection Supervisor is investigating Microsoft's contracts with the EU institutions to see if they comply with the GDPR. The investigation was started as a result of the Netherlands filing eight GDPR violations in Office Pro Plus and Office 365 and was concluded in February. Microsoft says it plans to modify how it collects user data by April of 2019 in order to come into compliance. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the war between Netflix and Apple. It's a word, depending on who you ask. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix confirmed it removed AirPlay support from its iOS app over the last week due to a 
technical limitation. That's what Netflix said it was. A spokesperson told The Verge that this limitation was that the AirPlay 2 doesn't have sufficient digital identifiers for third-party devices. And as a result, Netflix cannot certify users are getting the best experience when casting to a device. Vlad, I got to throw this to you. I mean, what is this actually a legitimate reason? Well, I mean, I'm not the technical person here. Uh, (laughs) uh, Well, this is kind of, it, ju- it just reminds me of uh, the way that Google uses YouTube and the way that Google has used it in the past. Um, when Windows Phone was a thing, Google fought really hard to make sure there was no YouTube app on Windows Phone. Sure. Um, when Amazon's Echo and started getting displays, Google fought really hard to make sure it didn't have proper YouTube playback uh, with the Echo Show. So it's it's just the way that these companies kind of you know, they have these little skirmishes between them. Um, Netflix makes a really big deal out of um, the the partnerships that he has with, you know, companies like LG and Sony, the TV makers, and the way that it recommends them. And Apple comes in the middle of that relationship with AirPlay. Yeah. And whatever has happened behind the scenes between Netflix and Apple, you know, it has displeased Netflix. It uh, This intermediates that relationship with the TV makers. And therefore now Netflix is kind of flexing what muscle it has. Yeah. Netflix is no longer part of Apple's payment system. Netflix has never been part of the television app on iOS or Apple TV. Uh, this, there could be a legitimate technical reason why not having the device IDs would mean that Netflix doesn't know which particularly tailored stream to send. Netflix does a lot of optimization to make sure that their streams look really good on whatever platform. But it does strike me as a situation where Netflix is trying to get as much leverage over Apple as possible. Uh, I, I don't buy that they're exactly afraid of Apple getting into the streaming business so much as they just want to make sure that they keep control of their user interface and their customer data and they see Apple reaching for that stuff. Yeah, I would agree. Um, there's almost the argument to be made on Netflix is part of like, we just couldn't figure out how to give the customer the best user experience is like, that's not what's happening with Apple right now. You know, <laughs> that's, that's just not what's happening. So, okay. There's something else going on. Yeah. Gotcha. You're, you know, you're now competitors. Sonos and Ikea announced two speakers under the name Symphonisk that will sell in Ikea stores. One is a table lamp with the speaker built in that sells for $179. The other is a bookshelf speaker. It's in fact, the smallest speaker that Sonos has ever made that sells for 99 bucks. Also the cheapest Sonos you can get both ship in August. You can control the speakers with the Sonos app, just like you would from a speaker that you bought directly from Sonos. Eventually, IKEA's smartphone app is also going to integrate these speakers and their music controls along with smart bulbs and smart blinds from IKEA. Interestingly, you do not get a smart bulb in the table lamp. Uh, That's something you'd have to buy separately and add yourself. But uh, I I know, Sarah, you and I both use Sonos speakers and and you're excited about this ecosystem. What do you think about IKEA? I think this is great. Um, I am a Sonos true and true fan. I have been for years now. And when you have everything running through an app and there are so many things that you can do with the Sonos uh, system and there are others, but my, you know, my, my, my ecosystem of speaker choice is Sonos. I, I, I love it. Um, The fact that Ikea is able to sell these speakers for 
what what any Sonos fan would say, oh, that's a real discount, leads me to believe that the speakers are probably not as good in quality. Yeah, as, said as, something about them being almost as good as a Sonos One. However, I have two Sonos Ones, um, and they, I mean, I got rid of like floor to ceiling speakers because I like the Sonos one so much. So these are very good speakers. Anything that's like a little bit, uh, you know, you back off from that is still going to be pretty good. I I love the idea of a speaker that's supposed to be also a bookshelf. Um, I mean, hey, if well, you no, live in a small a, it's apartment. It's not a speaker that's a bookshelf. It's a speaker on a bookshelf that could fit in a bookshelf. No, but you can put things on top of it as if it is, is a, a shelf. Book. Or a shelf. No, but I, I think it is one that you can mount on the wall and then, yes, literally put things on top of. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. You you guys are blowing my mind now because I get the <laughs> I know. My first thought was like, what What if you put a plant on oh, there? I see. I see. There's the, going to be okay, water. The and, where they've got yeah. like a, yeah, they've got like a decorative uh, <laughs> Ikea piece of glass with sticks in it. Which again, yeah. which is what IKEA right. is great at. IKEA is great at the stuff. But you know, my immediate reaction is like, be careful electronics. Don't get water on it. Think about what you put on the electronics. Um, but but uh but yeah, I think especially with uh so many folks living in smaller spaces, uh urban atmospheres, whatever, the idea of having something that can be a speaker and a nice one but also function as something else is something that we're going to see more and yeah. more of. And very Ikea, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Microsoft released the first build of its Edge browser that is built on Chromium. As with Google's Chrome, Canary Builds of Edge will come daily and developer builds will come weekly. Both builds are available now at MicrosoftEdgeInsider.com. Those builds are for Windows 10 64-bit English language. And this is a build focused on fundamentals, but it does support signing into your Microsoft account or Azure Active Directory and a new tab page with three customization options called Focused, Inspirational, and Informational. You can get extensions from the Microsoft Store or the Chrome website. Yeah, this is uh, this is if you're excited about the the Chrome ability of, of Edge, this is your first chance to see it in action, I guess. Another good Microsoft news, Microsoft confirmed that Windows 10's quick removal feature is the default of the fall update, meaning that you can pull out USB drives without having to eject them first. Yes. And Microsoft released its Windows 10 May 2019 update to release preview ring testers. You could do this for a while, uh, but Microsoft never confirmed that that was okay. And now they're saying, yes, go ahead, yank those USB drives out with abandon, uh, you know. Thank you. Is is that the biggest mystery in tech? The whole safely remove the thing and <laughs> like why? I yeah. I always I mean, assumed because the few times I did it and got an error is because it was constantly trying to to read the drive to be able to read it quickly. And now technology is caught up. Operating systems and devices are caught up that you can read these drives quickly enough without having to maintain a constant connection. At least that's my guess. Anyway. Just. Right, but for the most part, even on macOS, I would always get the error message when I yank it out without going through the process. Doesn't do anything, yeah, right? Because I've if I finish lost... with my actions, feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com if you ever <laughs> actually lost data from pulling a drive out. I, before I've something. done it once. On Did you really? Oh, okay. And I think it's because sometimes you've lost file, data once. Well, corrupted the thumb drive. Uh, uh, yeah, and I, I mean, think that's... it has to do with closing out the file. 
system on, you know, like updating the table on it and then you can eject. Like generally it wouldn't be an issue. You could pull it out because it hasn't written anything, but Mm. it's, it's more of a kind of a a housekeeping thing to make sure that, you know, the ledger is, you know, all there, the table, uh, the table. And so when you yank it, you're not losing stuff. Rocketon's messaging app Viber announced Viber local number subscription service out of closed beta, which lets you get a local phone number for $4.99 a month uh, that you can then give to non-Viber users that they can use to call or text you. Now, Viber subscribers can't send replies from that number either by voice or text. So that functionality is planned, but right now you can only receive uh, Viber local number is available right now in the United States and Canada with more markets coming soon. I, I remember when Skype first had Skype in and not Skype out. Uh, it was it was the case for a short period of time, I think, if I'm remembering that correctly. But I, I guess if all you care about is being able to give a phone number to somebody to get you on Viber and you don't care about calling them because you have a phone... I, I, don't, I don't know. Vlad, Sarah, either one of you, can you guys? Well, before the show, Tom, I asked you, is this like a feature that you would use? And you said, yeah, with, with Skype, actually, it is a feature that I used all the time. You know, sometimes people just don't have the application or are confused or, you know, you need something to happen fast and giving somebody a phone number makes sense, works well, doesn't really matter to them what it looks like on your end. So, you know, when you think of it that way, yeah, this is a great feature to have. I have never used anything like this. Vlad, I don't know about you. Well, I think that might be more of an issue for you guys in the States. Uh, Because when I was there for CES in January, I also came back um, for the NAMM show, which is a big audio show in uh, LA. Mm. I had a US SIM card for a month. And the two weeks that I was there, I was just bombarded with text messages, you know, spam chains and random robocalls and all of this other stuff. And I was like, so this is why people care so much about robocalls <laughs> and spam calls and everything else. This doesn't happen for me. Uh, like over here in Europe. Life just... you're le- leading right now. <laughs> right. So, so I am honestly, well, first of all, I, just have never used Viber. I don't advise anybody to use Viber. Uh, the only people I know who use Viber are my mother's closest friends, and I'm desperately trying to get them onto using Telegram or something more modern. Something a little more secure, yeah. 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 But yeah, I, I can see the utility of that. If I want to be in touch with somebody and I don't want them to necessarily have my phone number, uh, if it's going to be like a one-off interaction with somebody, yeah, sure. it, it makes sense. I don't know that I mean, if paying a five dollar a month subscription probably doesn't make that much sense. Yeah, that's that's where it starts to hang up for me. Is is you have to want? I I know uh, people in the Middle East. In fact, I have a friend in Saudi Arabia who is a big user of Viber, um, and and maybe this would be useful for him to give to grandparents or or something who who just don't use Viber would be able to contact him that way. I don't know. Interested to hear more about that from people out there in the audience as well. I mean, I should I should bring up another point, which is that if you look at all the services that are floating about at the moment, uh, Netflix, Spotify, Apple News Plus, etc., Amazon Prime, it's really easy for you to just stack up a massive bill just of subscriptions. Seriously, yeah, you got to be careful. I I've got to make sure to cancel my News Plus trial subscription before it ends because I really don't need to be paying for that. 
Let's talk about music, shall we? Montero Hill, a.k.a. Lil Nas X, which you may have heard of him, you may have not, but kind of a big deal as of late, has a hit song with Old Town Road and credits TikTok with at least part of his success. He told Time Magazine, quote, I promoted the song as a meme for months until it caught on to TikTok and became way bigger. Lil Nas X also has a meme account on Twitter and put out some potentially funny lines in the song on purpose, kind of drumming up interest. He even uploaded the song to TikTok audio's database so people could use it for free in remixes. In fact, Lil Nas X said that he thought maybe he should have been paying TikTok since they promoted the song. Don't ever do that, Lil Nas, but, you know, I get what he's saying. That has turned into 65 million streams on his Spotify page. Spotify does pay him, by the way, so there is some money being made here. The Verge's Julia Alexander points to Absofacto's Dissolve and Joji's Slow Dancing in the Dark, which also became trends after tapping into memes like the microwave challenge. This this fascinates me in two ways. Uh, one, uh, the fact that knowing memes, running a Twitter meme account became a source of song lyrics because you want to write a song that will be popular. And so you oh, yeah. know what the funny lines are to put in that song because everybody else who's playing Red Dead Redemption 2 is going <laughs> to think these are great as well. Uh, and then uh, for those not, that just like to know what the hot thing is, even if they're not using it, TikTok is becoming a hit maker, it feels like. Well, it's so strange. I mean, going back to like the lyrics thing, when you think about, you know, people saying, oh, that song is just very formulaic. That music producer always does the same thing, but it's like a, you know, a catchy thing that works with people. And like, there's an earworm aspect to it. This is, it's the same idea, but on such a uh, social network. Yeah. Yeah, Like, you know, you know, post millennial level that, I don't know, Vlad. I don't know how much you keep up on this stuff, but it okay, is well, fascinating to me. First of all, the memes are moving way too fast for me to keep up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, like it is literally a full-time job. You mentioned Julie Alexander on our team. That That's her job is to keep up with that stuff. Um, so it's difficult to keep up. It's nice when somebody just, like in, in the case of this song, just... Um, condenses all of it into one thing where it's it's just a meme singularity and then you can just kind of start peeling away the layers of memeness in it uh because my understanding is in fact that um the music the original music for the song uh was sampled from someone else but it was some dutch kid mm. who did the sampling and remixed it and then little Nas x licensed that from the dutch kid and then like you guys say he collected the lyrics from everywhere and then there was the actual remix of the song with billy billy ray cyrus right right yeah and everybody had like a meltdown they kicked him off the country charts and billy ray cyrus is like well that's not right this song should be on the country charts so he went in and said i'll record some lines for you that was that's pretty great too and and the intense thing is that i do not know a single person who doesn't love that song I include myself in that. It's an amazing song. May I, I introduce mean, Ro- you to our Roger producer? Roger listened to it before, right before the show, and he was like, eh. uh, "Not my cup of tea, no. but I'm sure it 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 goes with everyone else." Give you it a few more listens. Yeah. I don't Give hate it. it. I, it wasn't. If you like Baby Shark, you're gonna love this. All right. <laughs> wow. Okay. 
Hmm. I have to wrap my head around that one. In the meantime, folks, uh, the takeaway here is that TikTok uh, obviously is is the hip maker. It used to be MySpace, and then it was SoundCloud. Now it's TikTok, apparently. <laughs> uh, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. All right. Uh, Vlad, uh, you reviewed the Huawei P30 and P30 Pro uh, last week for The Verge and uh, wanted to share some of your insights with us today. Let's start off. I mean, every, every review I've read, including yours, talks about how the photography, the camera is the thing that differentiates this phone, right? Yes. Uh, I should technically mention my review is going live tomorrow. What you read last week was just me uh gushing uncontrollably about the camera like i had to write something specifically about the camera ah good, uh, good point. nice good. and early okay so this these were your impressions last week and your full review yeah. is coming out tomorrow good point yes i i literally just finished it before coming here for the podcast so i feel really accomplished today all right so, um, so give us some insight what are we going to hear in this review tomorrow well it's 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 wild because Huawei has done a whole bunch of things which are just best in class so first of all it puts zoom into the phone uh it has a 5x optical zoom, which has a new periscope construction. It's really technical. As I say, you can read the review tomorrow and uh, you can get into the details of it, but it's really good. It's the best zoom camera we've had in a phone ever. Uh, You can get a so-called hybrid zoom up to 10x, um, which is almost lossless. It's just a little loss of sharpness, but I've taken photos at up to 32x. And you can actually find this whole Twitter thread that I've done with samples from the camera. Um, and they're usable, usable images at 32 times zoom, which is ridiculous. Uh, even, even for just a regular camera, that's unconventional and unusual. Then you have the night performance, which, uh, Google's night side was the revolutionary step we had last year. And it was a couple of steps ahead of Apple and Samsung and everybody else. And now Huawei has beaten that by another couple of steps. Mm. It's, it's just it's it's a chasm like i i've been reviewing smartphones for years and years and usually the differences especially on the camera front because companies are so competitive are really slight and you can say well it's a matter of preference it's a matter of taste whatever whether you prefer apple or samsung now it's literally the best low light camera in the world huawei p30 pro and it's not even close and that is i mean we talk a lot about and and I'm not going to get into foldables right now, but we talk a lot about the form factor and bezels and, and differentiators. But the camera does, uh, tell me if, if you agree, the camera seems to be the place that companies are making significant innovations and differentiations between their phones. Yes, but here, here's the funny thing. If you are in the US as you guys are and you just look at what's on the store shelves, you won't notice that. Because Apple and Samsung, the two companies selling the most smartphones in the world, are strangely co- almost complacent about the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've really expected Samsung over the past two or three years hasn't made major differences, major improvements. And I really thought they're saving some, something up for the Galaxy S10. And it was kind of, again, incremental. Um, Apple has been redesigning since the iPhone X, which I refuse to call the iPhone X. Uh, <laughs> it had a major physical redesign there. It did some slight updates with the uh, excess. And again, no, nothing's really happening there. But if you look outside, especially from Chinese manufacturers, they're improving in leaps and bounds. So Huawei's Periscope camera, uh, Oppo demonstrated a prototype of the same technology. So they're going to have a smartphone with the same tech by June of this year. And knowing that Oppo and OnePlus are basically sister companies, we can probably anticipate OnePlus to have something similar in terms of Zoom. Um, 
And I'm honestly really shocked because the night performance on Huawei's camera, even I can't really explain all of it. And it takes so much uh, in terms of AI processing and mathematics and algorithms. And that's something that Chinese companies hadn't previously shown themselves to be strong at. They were strong in hardware, but now they're also strong in processing, which is, you know, really daunting for American companies who seem to be dragging their feet. Well, and that that's the question. By the way, I want to point out to people, and, and Vlad said this, the Periscope, you, you can find out more about the technical aspects of it uh, in his review, but it's not the same as the pop-up. If you're thinking the, the camera that pops up off the top, uh, like we've seen, I think, uh, from Vivo, uh, that's, that's not this. This is the internals, right, that are, that are yeah. working like a Periscope. But the question is, are the U.S. phone companies being left behind, or are they making the choice that camera doesn't differentiate as much as it should and people will continue to buy their phones anyway. In other words, is is this going to eventually eat away at their at their sales or are they making the right call? Hey, you know, we could spend a lot of time investing on this, but it doesn't seem to move the needle. Well, it might not even be eventually. It might have happened already mm-hmm. because uh, in this January, you had both Samsung and Apple reporting uh, slowing sales. Apple stopped reporting number of iPhone sales and you stop reporting numbers when they stop being impressive, right? In your financial reports. Uh, in fact, Samsung very recently reported a massive slash in profits uh, overall for the company. I think um, I think those, those things are starting to affect them already. And I think that will increase going forward. Uh, I think by the end of the year, as I say, we'll have so many cameras with Zoom capabilities in them. The rumor, okay, fair enough. Let's be let's be fair to Apple. The rumor with Apple is that the next iPhone will have a triple lens camera, and it will probably have some sort of similar zoom functionality in it. Um, but in general, you can make the argument that small differences in image quality might not make the difference. They might not push the needle, right? But what Huawei has done is really smart because it isn't just improving camera camera performance; it's doing it in discrete ways. Mm-hmm. So it's saying, you know, that photo which would have been black when you took over the iPhone, like uh, a good example that Huawei gives is taking a photo of your baby at night, right? You can't use the flash because you wake it up, but you still want to be a creepy parent and take a photo <laughs> of your kids sleeping, right? right? So, and they, and they showed a sample with the iPhone and it's blackness. And they showed one with the Samsung Galaxy S10 and it's just an outline. And then with the Huawei P30 Pro, it looks like the afternoon. Mm. And it's super impressive. So that's one discrete feature. You, you get nighttime photography and then you get, well, you know that, faraway plane or boats or whatever else or the Statue of Liberty that your wide-angle phone can't really do much with, well, now you have 10x zoom, and it actually works. So these are discrete features into the camera, and they're really easy to sell. Like, I can give this explanation to my aunt, who is still using a Nokia from 1997, Mm. right? And she'd be like, okay, I get that. Yeah, yeah. She still wouldn't use a smartphone, but she would still understand what the compelling new feature is. Well, and, you know, you can make a lot of discounts of Samsung's profits are going down as much because of a glut in in sensors and RAM uh, as it is because of slowing mobile phone sales. You can say that the increase in worldwide market share from a lot of the Chinese companies has to do with the the fact that they have less expensive and mid-market phones uh, that, that are taking some market share that way while, while Apple and Samsung focus more on the top end, certainly in Apple's case. You, you can say that. You can say that. But then the counter argument is that the P30 Pro has outstripped pre-orders for the P20 Pro by a really large margin. I can't remember Without the specific, having the North really American market, right? 
It's exactly. not strip that pre-order with a big chunk of the planet off the I mean, table. All they really have is me tweeting about their camera and they're, and they're already <laughs> selling out. What, what else do you need? Well, apparently that's the secret of the success that the carriers need to pay attention to is, you know, get get Vlad to be impressed by your by your phone. Make a good phone. <laughs> it helps. It helps. Yeah. It moves things along. Well, certainly the secret to our success is everybody who participates in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. If you hang out on Facebook, go to our group, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Sakani shares a preview of his latest column on, this is a good one, passenger ID issues with transportation network companies. Hello, this is Sakani Wright. I'm with Your Private Driver. After a college student in South Carolina was murdered by a man pretending to be an Uber driver, a new safety campaign was launched that encourages everyone to ask, what's my name, before climbing in the back seat. However, this is actually not the best advice. Find out why in the new Your Private Driver column, now up on DailyTechNewsShow.com. Yeah, Sakani has like the three things that you should do uh, to to try to make sure that that you're getting in the right car with the right driver and all of that sort of thing. Uh, It's good advice. Uh, And Sakani is a driver. That's why we have him write these columns. Check it out, DailyTechNewsShow.com. Let's take a look at the mailbag. Let's do it. This one actually came in uh, from Friday. Robert had said, based on a conversation we were having about high bandwidth satellite uh, promotions that are happening with various companies, Robert says, sign me up. I live 25 minutes south of Chicago. On a clear day, I can see the Sears Tower. So I guess he's pretty close. And the best internet that I can get is three megabits per second DSL, which is usually more like 1.5. I just found a wireless ISP that can cover me for $90. I assume he means per month for five megabits per second. Even on 5GE, I only get four. This isn't the boonies either. Yearly, I call Comcast to see if they've gotten close to my house. Some days I can see an Xfinity hotspot show up in settings when looking for Wi-Fi. So it can't be that far away. It took four calls and three service tickets to finally get an answer. The rep said, great news. It says we can offer you internet now. It looked like it would cost, um, hold on, mm, $9,300 to extend <laughs> the wires on the telephone poles to you. I countered with $1,000 and signed me up today. They didn't bite. So Richard Robert says, in conclusion, yes, please cover me in internet and let me bask in the glory of the elusive beast called high-speed internet. Uh, Then Wilton wrote in and said, over the last several years, there's been a lot of things said about how much advertisers know about us, but I have the opposite problem. My normal schedule. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market. 
perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe tap-to-pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Schedule takes me to Mexico about five months a year. It takes about two or three months before the advertisements switch to Spanish. The real issue is on my return, it takes about the same amount of time to switch back. I'm not using a VPN, so all they need to do is check my IP address. I wish they cared enough to check my location. Uh, oh, lo siento, yes. Wilton. <laughs> lo siento, indeed. Also, gracias to Vlad Savov for being with us today. Vlad, it was so nice to have you. Let folks know where they can keep up with all of your work. Well, there's TheFudge.com, a website on the internet, and Twitter.com slash Vlad And we've got uh, your uh, review of Huawei P30 is coming out on The Verge tomorrow. Is that right? That's right. And uh, With a nice video and everything. And you've already got one post I know about uh, podcaster gear. I'm sure there's more to come. Yeah, I, I am going to be addicted to it. Podcasting gear, reasons to start a podcast, reasons to quit a podcast, reasons why a podcast might not be for you. Um, it's a really fascinating area of investigation. Excellent, excellent. Check it out, folks. Keep keep an eye on it. Twitter.com slash Vlad Savov or TheVerge.com. Our goal each month is to get one more patron than last month, and you could be that person. If you're willing to help us become a DTNS member and get an ad-free RSS feed, special episodes from myself and Sarah and Roger, uh, sign up right now at Patreon.com slash DTNS. If you've got feedback, questions, comments, or anything you want to get off your chest, our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Patrick Beja. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. You have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince—they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful You'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. 
Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.